Hey guys, it's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. Thanks for checking out the show. If this is your first time with us, welcome. I'm so excited to see you. If you uh, haven't subscribed yet, you can do so. I would love for you to take these next 10 seconds and hit subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get this podcast and hit the subscribe button. Also, if um, you know if you want to leave me a five-star review, I would absolutely love that. You can send me a screenshot of it on Twitter or Instagram at Larissa T or email it to me at tellmeanythingprod at gmail.com. I will send you a private confession. All you got to do is leave me a five-star review, um, you know, screenshot me that review. Or, you know, leave me whatever review you, you truly believe um, it deserves. I love to hear from you guys. I really do appreciate the feedback. You can always email me, um, and I, I love to hear from you guys. I always respond. Also, want to let you guys know about some comedy shows I have coming up. Uh, I do do stand-up, and here's a couple of shows you can see me at. You can always find my updated shows at TeresaLeeComedy.com, but just for convenience, here's the shows this week. Tonight, I'll be at the last show in the world in downtown Los Angeles at 9 p.m., Thursday night, I'll be at Kaleidoscope at the Clubhouse, also at 9 p.m. Friday, I'll be at Jetpack at Bar Lubitsch at 8 p.m. That's in West Hollywood. And then Mondays, as with every Monday, I host a show at Public House in Los Feliz. It's at 10 p.m. It's totally free. We give out free pizza, free beer to everyone um, who comes and sits in the first two rows. We had such a great show this Monday. I hope we can keep the streak going. I love to see the people from the pod that come out. Um, so definitely come say hi if you're a confidant and you are at the show. And finally, my short film, I Think She Likes You, will be playing in Austria in the Swiss Alps at Kitzbühel Film Festival. I hope I have someone out there. I don't know. Is anyone here from Austria? I know I've got a couple European listeners. So anyways, um, go check that out. That would be a lot of fun. Um, finally, it is a new month which means um, you can get on the Confidant newsletter for next month. Again, the Confidant newsletter is a newsletter I send out privately to all of my confidants who PayPal me $5 or more at paypal.me slash you can tell me anything before the 5th of that month. So, you know, since today's the 6th, you'll be able to get on to next month's newsletter. And thank you so much for all the confidants that have already donated. Um, it really does help the podcast out since all of this comes out of pocket. And I do it for the love of the game. All right, that's it for the announcements. I'm really excited for this episode. We get into some um, real, real shit. It's it's a really good episode. Um, I think you guys will enjoy it. I have comedian, musician, uh, filmmaker, Kevin E. Enjoy. You can tell her. You can tell It's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Particularly. Very cool guest here with me in the studio. Um, he just made a really great short film called About a Short Film that premiered at Outfest. Kevin E., what's up? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to tell you a secret. I'm so excited to hear your secret. Um, should I just no, say No, it? no, not okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I love the eagerness. I mean, you know, if it comes out early, that's totally fine. Um, well, mm-hmm. speaking of secrets, I do like to start with a good confession just to like yes not all confessions are bad um and yours might not even be bad but it's just kind of a way to start on a positive note if there's something like good you want to confess like a humble brag yeah i mean obviously you already said it but i did have a short film called about a short film that mm-hmm. played at outfest you also had your film play at outfest and it was an amazing experience <laughs> it was 
12 days 13 days yeah, it was long it was long and you had looks for every day i I'm, love your outfit posts <laughs> thank you i tried to take a picture of every outfit but i failed by like day eight because <laughs> i just i stopped doing red carpet pictures because oh, i yeah. was like lazy um, I'm so sick of wearing ties. I'm wearing a tie right you now. Are, I was going to say you dress very nice. Did you come from I, work? Um, well, you always. Dress, I feel like I've all, every time I see you, you dress very nice. Yeah, I like to. I like to be a comic that dresses up for a show like it's a costume. Like I'm about to put on a musical. I know not everybody you have feels a musical that way. Theater background. So I do. Sense. Yeah, I like to feel like it's a big Broadway show, even if it's in the back of a sad bar. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so. There was like 13 days or 12 days of Outfest mm -hmm. and I had a different outfit every day and every day had some sort of tie, whether it was a tie or a bow tie. Uh -huh. And so today, but I had an audition today where it was like business oh, gotcha. guy. Well, the ethnic <laughs> business guy. Ethnic. I can't believe they use, still use that word. Is that okay? Ethnic I, I think it's guy. like the correct casting term, but it does throw me off because yeah. I've had a manager once be like, oh, well, you're it's great because you're ethnic. So you can go out for ethnic roles. And I was like so weirded out by that. But that's what I see on casting. So, yeah. Well, and there were like, you know, Caucasian actors there, too. Yeah. So you saw the casting director come out and kind of suss who he wanted to put with who, like the ethnic uh -huh. <laughs> actor with the <laughs> and the ethnic act, you know, the white actor is just the white actor but the ethnic actor is asian or black or yeah. you know indian or so i suppose caucasian is also because that is what they write on castings but i I've, I've never used that in conversation i've never been like well you're caucasian so you understand you know yeah what I, mean? so, I guess they can't say white do they yeah, say I don't white think they can say white I don't, it's, please tweet <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> do if you're white do you feel offended if someone calls you caucasian well you really should never feel offended no i'm just kidding. yeah I you agree. can feel offended we want to know <laughs> what do you think white or caucasian yeah. What would you? What would your preferred now pronoun be? Your identity. Pronoun. Be? Your, your preferred. I've been at Outfest all week. Everybody <laughs> has been saying their pronouns to me, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. But never in my life have I experienced that in the gay community. Oh yeah. Until Outfest. It's become. I think. Well, we were just talking about this off air, but it, I think the main because there's Outfest Fusion, which right. is all filmmakers of color, and then Outfest, which is their mainstream one mainstream it's a big one the he headlining the 13 one. day one <laughs> right um which isn't anything but you know because by comparison in my mind i'm like that's the wider one but it's not yeah, it's just yeah. the main one uh but i do think it's become more intersectional yeah so that's good it's beautiful i had a beautiful two weeks mm -hmm. i am exhausted though are you exhausted and you <laughs> and, and you I went traveled. to another festival yeah, yeah. i inceptioned another festival within um within this the last week i went to indiana just for a day I had barbecue. It was fun. Okay. <laughs> is that what Indiana is known for? No. No, I, I feel like it's Because I had like a few Tennessee. hours to kill uh, right. before my flight and I was alone. So I went to a barbecue place. Was it like uh, an authentic barbecue place or was it a chain <laughs> or like? Um, you know, it was the closest one I could walk to. I think it was called like Smokehouse. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. Well, you know what? The ribs were not that good. The um, pulled pork is okay. Mm. It was fine. You had ribs and pulled pork. I Can oh my god! This? I had a lot. I <laughs> I well, so I like got a humongous amount of food, like too much, and right. um, because I wanted to try two things, and I put a picture of it on Twitter, and I was like, I'm gonna eat this all by myself, and I wish I took an after picture. Well, I I did lie. I didn't really finish it all. I finished okay. a lot of it, um, but I didn't finish. Some of the ribs were left behind. Well, that, I think that's the thing is like when you travel and you're like, what's the recommendation, you know, yeah. and it's never like healthy food. It's always like the rib place <laughs> or the burger place. And then, 
you have to try it because yeah. that's like the local yeah. you know fairer. That's true. And support it. And that's why I usually have like stomach aches. Uh oh, <laughs> there's like a motorcycle gang outside. Oh, that's okay. Oh, it's so violent out it's there. Vi- <laughs> oh my gosh. You travel a lot for a comedy? I do. I'm kind of slowing down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm like a comic that I don't play A cities because I'm not that famous. So <laughs> I play like the D city, which is like five hours away from the uh-huh. local airport. Um, but I like it. I think it's been interesting because they always say like, you know, minorities, we have to go to middle America. We have to go to the red states and like exist and be there. And I'm like, so I feel like I'm doing that. That's great. But I'm like, now I'm at a point where I'm like, oh, you know, my safety. (laughs) I'm very clearly a minority, you know, like, so. Do you get like, because I feel like I've gotten both. Well, oh my, there's a fly in here. When I um, travel to places like that, I used to be like, oh, I'm nervous. But overwhelmingly, I find that people are very excited to see you with the occasional dabble of like, you know, covert racism. But, but the other thing is sometimes I feel like it's because you're a token. So it's like, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. Cause it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I know they're sort of exotifying me and that's why they're so friendly mm-hmm. and excited. But also like, sometimes I like the attention. So I'm like, Oh, am I turning my back on progress? Cause I like enjoy being like one of few. No, I feel that's great. I feel like if you feel safe, whatever it takes to feel safe. You know what I mean? Like, actually, at Outfest, this happened a lot where people would come up to me and they want to connect with me Mm -hmm. by telling me that about their like Vietnamese aunt or like, Uh you know, like their (laughs) Vietnamese girlfriend or something. And I'm like, you know, and I I was sitting there going like, it's weird that they're talking to me about Asian things. These are white people, by the way, Caucasian people. Caucasian white. <laughs> this is the real question of the right. podcast. Are we being offensive? Are we offensive? <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I sometimes like, you know, like when I dissect it, I'm like, why do people like right away talk about the Asian thing? Sure. And that's like the connection. But I'm also on the other end, like whatever makes them feel comfortable and whatever makes me feel comfortable instead of talking about like, yeah, you know, that, that's maybe darker. the first thing they think of to let you know that in their mind, they're like, this makes me safe. Yeah. But that is interesting because I don't, that's not the first thing I identify with for myself, but that is kind of the first thing people see. Yeah. You know, cause I think like I'm tall, but nobody was ever like, I'm tall too. You know, like right, right, there's right. all these other things that I think have, uh, will affect my day to day life. I'm a twin or I have freckles, mm-hmm. like other things that, um, are just as a part of me as being Asian. I feel like, well, maybe that's, I guess that's not totally true. I'm taking that back. Cause I think being Asian does tie into like, values and a lifestyle and some sort of upbringing whereas like having freckles doesn't so you know what no that's I, a I beautiful very notion re- reductive. that was a very <laughs> i mean i was like i i like that, that idea <laughs> i don't feel that way i feel like everyone's like he's asian and he's gay <laughs> and i'm like yes that's all i want to do in life be a gay be, asian yeah be an icon i'm like i might and as well are. just sit into it I mean, you, know? you are <laughs> that's so sweet <laughs> but you grew up in canada i did from i'm from vancouver um, which is very Asian. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't yeah. know too much about Vancouver. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area, but um, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask, because we talk about therapy a lot on this podcast, and oh. I know like in, uh, in the Asian American community, like therapy for my parents' generation is a thing they've like struggled with a lot. Mm-hmm. Especially, like when I first started going, my mom was very much like upset. Like she thought mm-hmm. like, what did I do wrong? And like, why can't you talk to me? What is it like in, I guess not all of Canada, because whatever your experience is doesn't apply to everybody, but did you have, were you able to explore like mental health with your parents or talk about any of that stuff? Well, yes. My 
I'm my parents divorced when I was very very young and like uh-huh. my mom went through this time where like the divorce happened and then like my aunt passed away very like horribly she oh. died of multiple sclerosis it took oh, a very so sorry. like she died for a year like in oh. a bed just wasting away so my mother like really got depressed and yeah. for a long time she like turned away kind of because again like as an Asian thing we don't yeah. talk about that enough and her generation is like from China like she's born uh-huh. in Canada but her her mother is like from China so oh, like okay. that therapy just wasn't a thing and then she did she did finally like say like I'm gonna try this and it really changed her life and so I've gone back and forth with it myself uh-huh. um I We'll say that I fired my last therapist because I suspected <laughs> that she was a Trump supporter. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so I haven't been with a therapist for a while. Did she like say something to you? She said some things oh, no. where she did the whataboutisms, like oh. both sides kind of things. Like, how do you, f- oh, why, no. why do you think this way? And I'm like, because it's clearly, you know, like <laughs> <It's>, yeah, <laughs> racism he's, he's and clearly an like, person. yeah, he's clearly an awful person. <laughs> And then I was like, you know, I don't need to pay this person anymore. (laughs) So, but I believe in like meditation and yoga. Mm -hmm. I know that's not, that's kind of like saying like, saying like, I believe in crystals and not. (laughs) Which, you know, I have crystals. Um, I don't think that it's, (laughs) (laughs) no, no. I mean, I I believe in, in this extent of like, I, I I don't know if I would say I believe in them because it's not like I put any I don't live my life with them but I I like having things around that make me feel nice like sometimes I'll light a candle if I want to zen out and it's not like I really feel like the candle holds any power I just think it's like a little ritual um which yeah I think yoga or meditation have that too because you're kind of like entering into like a routine or some token or something you can hold on to but yoga is physical so that actually does have health benefits <laughs> i think so and i need to stretch every morning honestly, okay to get out of bed do you have like a good routine with like like your day-to-day yeah. routine yeah i do like i i did yoga for a while so i know i have like a little five minute thing in the morning but i also like do this youtube oh <laughs> one called uh-huh. yoga with adrian oh she's my God, from I've austin totally texas because i just googled random yoga yeah. videos. She oh no that. she's the biggest yeah she's like super famous <laughs> and like i love her and she has this dog that she uh-huh. does it with and benji yes and so i'll do that sometimes but i my attention span is not that great right now especially <laughs> if i'm not in a class like i kind of need to be in a class to do that but i also don't want to take class because i don't want to be around people sure you and just <laughs> having to well i mean i don't know how to tell you this but com- maybe comedy is not the right path for you if you don't like people no um, i think no. comedy is great well i was <laughs> oh, thinking about this because share your space with people <laughs> yeah no i don't want to share my space with people so on the stage you're by yourself yes, you're by right yourself. versus like i used to do musical theater and we used to have to be like in a cast <laughs> and then i'd have to actually work with people and uh-huh. like be in sync with them so you're just like kicking everybody out of the way like, yeah i'm like this is my space <laughs> i'm in the spotlight so that's why i like but i think stand-up is really lonely too it is. especially like when you're traveling do you tour a lot as well um i haven't been able to as much this year because i have a day job but i okay. when i can i do like i'm i now will take time off to do like like one or two sort of like longer stretches a year right i really like the road but i i tend to try to travel with people or build it around like a festival where i will see people because mm-hmm. otherwise i do also get very lonely no i do colleges and so uh-huh. colleges like they hire you for an hour by yourself oh wow yeah to like perform in their cafeteria <laughs> in the middle of arkansas oh, and so you have God. to get to arkansas <laughs> you drive you fly into little rock and then you drive five hours to wherever it is uh-huh. and then you get to the 
place and then you do a show and maybe two people show up, maybe a hundred people show up. You never know what's going to happen. It could be in a cafeteria. It could be, you know, in the hallway by the trash can, you get paid the same. And it's like one of the loneliest things I've ever done. And like it's at the beginning, it was a fun adventure. And this is why I'm kind of slowing down because I'm like, you know, I think there's more to life. Uh-huh. I think I've gone as far as I can with it. And I've experienced everything. I've yeah. experienced like basically every audience. And I've learned uh-huh. to like just go there and have no expectations and just be like, this could be great or bad. Like you never yeah. know what's going to happen, but you get to pay your rent this month. That's um, so. that's a good way of saying it. Because I, I mean, I, I've heard that a lot about colleges. I don't do a lot of colleges. I'd like to, but it's also one of those things I've heard like where you're like, eh, you know, it's just like a way to pay until you don't have to anymore. But I think the excitement... Um, of like just doing it at all in the beginning is really cool where you're just like, mm-hmm. I got on a plane and I'm going, I'm here just to perform. But, uh, but yeah, but then once you're there, you're like, okay, it's just chain restaurants, fast food and my hotel room or yeah. you know, maybe sometimes not even a hotel room, just like a shitty Airbnb or something. Well, I definitely try to go to like the small town. Like I love a small town museum that just uh-huh. is like you smell the measles, you walk <laughs> in, it's just dust and it's like no one's manning the front. It's like a dollar <laughs> and it's just like mannequins. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing to do on tour. I have them. If you follow me on Instagram, you have to like, I haven't been on the road for like a couple months. So you have to like search I'll through. Okay, I'll go through, but I do like vlog. vlogs, like, like little like one minute short vlogs of me like in museums being like like alone in a museum with mannequins talking to me suddenly oh and moving you're like um what's that movie i i it's not i robot is it i robot what mu- zombie one with will oh. smith i don't know is it i can't be i robot because there's no robots in i was gonna say night in the museum there's one well he makes he talks to the mannequins in it Oh, because um, he's lonely. Yeah, he's the last man. <laughs> is he a comic? He's a, he's a comic. Yeah, that's <laughs> a the road twist. Comic? He was a comedian all, all along. <laughs> oh my gosh! Somebody write that. Oh put it in Outfest. Just write a ton of tragedies, and at the end, it's like, and then they go on stage and do stand. Wow, oh and that's so. Gosh. I feel like some art student has done that. Trying like so, it's very rudimentary yeah, film yeah. school thing of being like, they're sad, but they're actually happy. But sad inside, and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it. People are complicated. Well, there has to be a twist at the end, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was dead all along. I'm still waiting for my twist in life. Sometimes I think when I'm like sad, I think about life as like I'm like I'm at the bottom of my act two, and then I'm like, well, something I'm gonna have to like have a big triumphant moment, right? And then I'll like try to actively do a crazy thing. I don't know if you guys should do this. Maybe don't take this advice. But sometimes I'll like, I like, I just went to Hawaii by myself. Like I'll do things like that. I'm like, let me do something that I wouldn't do. But in a movie version of me, I would do to propel mm. the story. What made you go to Hawaii by yourself? Um, I just got out of a bad, really bad relationship. And I was oh. like, I need to get out. And I, it really helped. And I kind of thought of it as like taking myself on this vacation. And now like when I'm sad, I'll think of like the moments I had by myself. I like did these hikes and I like swam in waterfalls and oh, I met beautiful. people. Yeah, it's very cliche. No, but thank no. you for, say- <laughs> no, <laughs> thank I you think, for saying it. Well, beautiful. it's cliche for a reason because like I think pe- <laughs> that's what we do. We have to go see new places. Yeah. We have to like go, you know, self-care and like. I don't know. That's the dream. Yeah. Hawaii well, you too. know, I, I, it's very much like a 40 year old divorcee moment for me. But I was like, look, you know what? I'll do it because mm-hmm. uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's cliche for a reason. Um, and it worked because I think about that. I'm like, I think about how I was able to take myself through this cool vacation. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm enough. Very corny. But uh, yeah. Did you go to Honolulu? I went to Kauai. OK. Yeah. Do you have to go through? No, Southwest. Honolulu? Flu- well, no, maybe not Southwest. 
uh, I think Alaska or American flew direct from LAX. Ooh. Yeah. Because that's the better island, right? Because Honolulu is like the really commercial island. <laughs> I think it depends on who you ask. I've heard um, Maui's really beautiful, but it's really touristy. I picked Kauai because it's smaller. Mm. I only did a few days and it's like the garden house. It's very beautiful, but it's very serene. So not a lot of parties, which I was not looking for. I was looking for like nature and maybe meeting a few like cool locals to talk to, but not like anything crazy. Definitely not a fuck vacation for Mm, me. I was going to say, did you meet anyone? Not in that sense. No. And that wasn't what I was looking for. Um, Mm. I mean, I could have, but definitely, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I had suitors. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Hawaii is great. Um, but speaking of things by yourself and things you keep to yourself Mm. Kevin is there anything you'd like to tell me oh my gosh so this is something I don't often talk about because it's it reflects really badly on me (laughs) but when I was 19 I let a millionaire take me to London and Paris (gasps) wow (laughs) and I thought he was gonna kill me oh my god it because he was really aggressive okay but then I probably should have known because I was 19 so we have to remember that I was 19 years old how old was he he was like 40 something. Okay. So I was, it, we did have a huge age gap. Yeah. And so I do musical theater sure. or I used to, mm-hmm. and I was in a show, Mamma Mia uh-huh. in Toronto. And okay. you, heard know, of it. you heard of it. <laughs> um, so in, obviously in shows, in the um, programs, they, uh-huh. you know, you have your bio and I had like my, uh, my website back then. We didn't okay. have Twitter back then. This is like early 2000s. Yeah. And um, very analog, very analog. But, you know, you can reach kind me of. at any like moment. <laughs> no, it was pretty like it was like a, I can't even remember the website name. It was it's like it Angel was Fire or something, something like, like that, that where you had like to drag animation yeah. like with a fire on the side. <laughs> yeah. It's like you choose the wallpaper. Yeah. It's all really cheesy. <laughs> Um, but I used to get like emails every now and then mm-hmm. because I was in the show and it would be like fan mail sure. and I'll like go back even further a little bit just uh-huh. to, I, I'm trying to justify this in my mind <laughs> to everyone listening, but I used to be in a boy band. Did you know that? I did, did I not ever tell know you that? that, but I want to know more. So there was this boy band called Youth Asylum okay. and it's, uh, we were top five on the Disney channel. Wow. We were what super cheesy that. boy band. Are there pictures of? this online yes i'm an asian with blonde hair and piercings and (laughs) braces and our music video used to be online on my youtube page but they finally like took it down on warner brothers are you looking at it right now yes (laughs) (laughs) i look terrible oh my god i look so like 90s oh yeah it was 98 to 2000 it was terrible i mean some people know us like randomly i don't uh, again this is another story i don't talk about that much on stage but like some people will remember it because it was like You're big popular. for like a minute okay well we'll put a picture of, of this you don't up have on to. the uh for the listeners i mean if know. you want <laughs> um but when i was in the band i was kind of taught to like you have to be really good to the audience and like always mm-hmm. like facilitate and like respond and the, it was like teeny bopper so the girls would come up screaming and sure. crying and you have to sign the. <laughs> I, you're everyone's friend and i feel like that in life i feel like i like to be everyone's friend yeah. i just don't like the idea of like being a star versus fans like sure. that's weird to me yes. where it's like fan fandom not judging fandom but like me as like somebody with fans i think that's weird now i think it's uh, maybe uh, essential well, with comedy it's harder to feel that distance because no matter how big you get you still have to get on stage and make the person in the front row laugh and so yeah like, you, there are some stars who i understand why they might pull away 
because of how big they've gotten. But with comedians, even if you get big, like someone like Ali Wong, who is, you know, whatever, international stardom, still has to perform for a live audience. So yeah. you can't really distance yourself that much. Yeah. So maybe it is like the comedy thing or is live, more appropriate to me. Or live musical theater. So yeah. there's a live audience there. Yeah. And so like with the boy band, it was like you had to, I was taught like from the management company uh-huh. and the record label, you have to like answer every email and like, cause people will get pissed off. You know what I mean? Huh. I, I can't, I can't imagine wow. being in a boy band now with Twitter because <laughs> like, People are, con- they have to constantly respond. It has yeah. to be a bot or like somebody's That's like crazy. hired to do that. So I was like very open. And like when I was getting emails, then Mamma Mia was next and I was 19 yeah. and I was getting emails from my website. And like, so I would respond like quite liberally. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I would, I would have conversations with these people. It didn't happen very often. Now I can, I can see when somebody has a crush uh-huh. You know what I mean? But back then you couldn't, I didn't know. Yeah, like, you just thought they were all being friendly. Yes. Yeah. So, but now I'm like, there's a difference and then I'll shut it down kind of thing. <laughs> um, but back then, so this guy, while I was in the show, he emails me and it's this really long email. Oh. It's like, we met, he, he's this millionaire from Iowa and I was in Toronto. It was the Toronto company. And I don't know why he likes Toronto or like Toronto, but uh-huh. he would go there all the time. And suppose the, in the email, he's like, we met in this, in this gay bar and I never met him. And he's like, no, so you were like checking me out. he's like a psychopath making up a story to bait you? I think so. Oh boy. This was before like catfishing. Sure. This was like early well, 2000s. Well, and you're very trusting if someone says that. You might even be like, did I? Or maybe yeah. you, you think I'm someone else or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he was talking about a gay bar and he's like, we made eye contact. And I'm like, well, it's a gay bar. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure I made eye contact with a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we never officially met. Right. And But this email was really long. It was like, you know, today I went to the da-da-da. It was oh. like really specific and, and like very personal. Okay. And so I started to like respond to his email like very personal too. Yeah. And I would like answer all his questions, et cetera, et cetera. And we had a lot of back and forth kind of like this. It started to grow back and forth. Uh-huh. And I at one point had mentioned... And you had no idea who he was at no. that point? Because okay. this is... Like, you couldn't Google people back then right. as much. And like in your mind, you're like, maybe I made eye contact with someone. Like, were you trying to picture anybody or you're just certain it was yeah. nobody you knew? I was like, it's possible we <laughs> made eye contact. And I don't know. He could be. The, I will say there was a there was an aspect of it. And I'll, like, confess to this, mm-hmm. that I romanticized love. Right. Sure, yeah. And now I'm cold-hearted but back then I was like oh like I could fall in love with this person over online he could be the one yes you know like they're taking advantage of that um that positive trait you have which is the innocence and you want to romanticize it yeah and it can happen but oftentimes predators will use that to their advantage because then they're like well maybe they'll just go along with it if I you know, play the part of the Prince Charming or whatever. Yeah. And he really did. Like he, you know, he kept on saying he's a millionaire. He's a stable (laughs) person. He's like, yada, yada, yada. And he said he's a stable person. That's a red flag. I'm very stable. I've been told many times that I'm stable. Yes. (laughs) That's what stable people get told, that they're stable. Well, it was like that kind of confidence. (laughs) Like he had that kind of confidence, like coming through these emails, (laughs) these like three page emails Uh that 
Oh my God. You know, you felt like you knew the person. And sure. again, this was like before like catfishing was a thing. And like we really knew yeah. the like web world and how messed up it can be. Um, but I remember at some point and we had been conversing a lot, but at some point, like I had mentioned that I was I had a week off of vacation uh-huh. and that I wanted to go to London and Paris because I'd never been. And he was like, well, I'm a millionaire. Oh my God. So why don't we go together? And I was like, I mean, uh-huh. I am. I get I got paid. OK. Uh-huh. Theater doesn't pay like TV and film. Right. So like. Uh, it was a big chunk of money for me to go to London and Paris for the first time and like get hotels and like I love musicals so I was going to go see musicals and like it was going to be an expensive trip and it's always easier with somebody else to like split the costs and not that we were splitting costs though because he was like I'm a millionaire yeah yeah he's like I mean I think the only thing that I paid for or agreed to pay for was like the airplane ticket but now that I think about that that's probably not right either because we ended up sitting together. So I think so he, he may have paid them. that. Yeah. And you had still never met him. Right. Have so you seen photos of him? I asked him for a photo and he sent me like, you know, MySpace Tom oh my where God. it's just his ear. Oh no. So you can't really tell what he looks like because it's just a side profile-y thing. Uh-huh. Isn't it funny when there's so many red flags but you yes. want it to be like... you you just ignore them but like looking back it's like because if you look at it and whenever there's a red flag like that you you just have to think about like if he was normal and like had a if if this wasn't the bad situation like why wouldn't he send a normal picture but then you start to write it off with like well you never know could have that maybe this is the only photo he has and you know well he kept saying that he's like this is the only photo i have of myself (laughs) i'm just not a vain person i don't take pictures of myself god and Again, like this was before like Instagram, like the vanity of society like exploded. So like I just accepted that that was the case. Yeah. But he said, but I, so we agreed we were going to go, we started to plan the trip Uh to London and Paris. We were going to go to London first. I say London and Paris because people who have gone might know this, but there's like a train. Mm -hmm. So it's easy. You fly into London, you spend a few days in London, then you take the train to Paris. You can take the train back. Uh It's just, that's what a lot of people do if they've never been to Uh both cities. Um, Because you got to enter through the English side. So you know you can speak the language, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So you're not confused. Although the London side probably is worse for like customs because it took so long. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so we were talking about it and I was like, we were starting to plan it through email. And then I was like, you know what? You've shown me half your face in this picture you know who I am, yeah. but I want to know who you are. And again, still romanticizing it and being like, he could be the one <laughs> we could like get married. I, we could fall in love. This could be like a romantic getaway. And so he was like, well, I'm a millionaire, <laughs> so I'm going to just fly <laughs> from Iowa to Toronto and we'll just, I'll just come for a day and we'll meet in person. Cause I feel like I want you to meet me in person. I don't want to send you more pictures. Right. Did he ever say what he did? Yes. It was like some kind of like computer analyst, okay. like, Maybe that's the wrong word, Classic but it's something about their job, you know, tech. million dollars, <laughs> Iowa, the heart of computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, that might not even be true. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. I don't. It think could be his family. Like, yeah. Or maybe he has money. Definitely not a millionaire. Hey, he probably has enough money <laughs> to scam a trip. But. Right, right, right. <laughs> but he did like he, he had the money to he take ma- you on the trip. Yeah. So he came to Toronto before, just mm-hmm. like a few weeks before we were supposed to go. And 
I he I was like in between shows like yeah. I had a matinee and a night show and then we were like let's meet at, at a street fair yeah and so I was like at the street fair and of course he was late so I'm going like oh I totally got punked here uh-huh. you know what I mean but then he does show up and he's not <laughs> oh here's the thing I don't want to <laughs> he's not ugly like I'm not gonna like be dramatic about it and be like I w- he was hideous he, yeah like he was like and I think now if I, you know I was at my age now yeah. and he's 40 something sure I would be okay with it but you he's, know well the fact that you're making so many justifications and having to that's already right like, you're, like you can usually spot the signals in your own behavior like the fact that you're like eh, maybe in this and then like that's already like yeah because if you what you wanted was to like fall head over heels or in love and then you're still trying to like kind of put it in that box where like it could still be he's like you already don't have that yeah yeah because there's only one moment for that which is i don't know if that really exists but that idea of like i see them and you're like that's it you know yeah and i think that's what's weird about nowadays Mm -hmm. nowadays how we meet people online because like we don't the relationship how do we grow the relationship whereas like like the the best relationships that I've had in my life are the ones that like the I hate to say email like you. No. yeah yeah <laughs> and then we got married that's the end of the story <laughs> no like when you like work with somebody yeah. and you get to know and you have a crush and like or like school like that kind of sure. idea now it's like you go on one date on Grinder <laughs> I guess it's not a date it's Grinder Tinder whatever and you're like oh no I'm not attracted or you're kind of attracted i don't know yeah you can't build it over time there's ways to do that but i think that a lot of straight culture i feel like does the like like you know zog sports or the happy hours i mean whatever queer people do it too but i really think there's such an emphasis on traditional marriage and straight culture and maybe that's why there's so many like systems built up for them to meet each other like the community uh, service groups where you just go but it's really just partying like and putting on galas like all that stuff feels to me like in that sort of traditional vein but yeah. then you meet people there yeah and I, I just feel like our get meet somebody quick <laughs> culture is like yeah. strange and so that's why in retrospect I'm like maybe in my age now and like mm-hmm. we don't have as much of an age gap now I yeah. maybe well, would have. Well, how did you feel when you first saw him? Like, what was your initial? Were you disappointed? I was disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed. But I was also like, again, I was like, he's not the most hideous person oh, in the boy. world. Like, I'm not not a, I'm not attracted to him at all. But I yeah. see that like people could be attracted to him. At that point, were you still trying to convince yourself that it was a world where you could still fall in love? Um, like what with him you, or just in general? Him, because you know, in your right. mind, you had this fantasy. What was it immediately shattered, or was there still like a? Well, let's see where this goes. Like, or were you just immediately yeah. like, well, I'm I, just curious. Cause I think this, I, this is a really relatable, this idea of like the first sign when you already knew, you mm-hmm. you know the answer, but then you kind of like swipe left on your own intuition Yeah, yeah. to keep going. Well, I'm like really decisive as a person. So I knew no. Okay. And so I basically said no. Okay. <laughs> Cause I feel like that's, that's the thing is that's like a people, good skill to have. I think so because people like really have like, you know, strung me along in my life. Yes. And I feel like I don't like that. Sure. I don't, if you're not into me, like let's not flirt. Like yeah. why, do, why are you that way? Like yeah. <laughs> what, what are you trying to accomplish? You know what I'm so, so for me, I'm like, if I'm not into you, I think it's better to just say no yeah. and to be nice about it, but also to be like, 
there's no chance. And it's because I'm not attracted yeah. to you or whatever. And he now in hindsight, now we know like for sure he knew this was the most likely possibility. Otherwise he would have sent you a picture or seen you sooner. So well, there should have yeah. been no insecurity about telling him no, because like he probably wants you to make, make you feel insecure, trapped in a corner, mm-hmm. but he built this whole elaborate, like, you know, grooming you through these emails before you met him so that you would feel guilty about saying no. Right. I actually forgot. I mean, there's another layer to it too, which is that he likes Asian guys. Okay. And so So he he was white. He was white. And so he was like, sorry, sorry, Caucasian. What is it? Hashtag. Hashtag. (laughs) Um, But he, he, I think this like plays into the story later, Okay. but I think he's just used to having Asian guys fall for him Sure. because he's like a rich white guy. Okay. And back then, like, we Ugh. didn't analyze it as much. Out, yeah. <laughs> or is that racist? No, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, I think it's okay to specifically hate on white guys that, like, like have Asian fetishes. Because I'm talking about yeah. fetishes. I'm not about, like, hey, I'm not saying don't like Asian people. Please like me. I'm Asian. Right, right, right. But I mean, like, there's a difference between seeing a person and liking them, who is, and they happen to be Asian, versus, like, I like Asians, and then be like, that one will do. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I guess I, I am not really giving away the end of the story, okay. but like there is. Sorry, I keep cutting. Uh, no, 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 no. So no. I love okay. it. No, please ply it. <laughs> Cause I've actually not thought about this for a long time. Cause I'm so ashamed that I did this, but, um, but also like the role I played in Mamma Mia was this uh-huh. role called Pepper. And okay. he's like, um, a bar to Taverna and he's kind of like a secondary character, but he's like memorable and memorable. I say, uh-huh. <laughs> cause he has a dance break. I when think that's the only, it, when sure, I did it, yeah. like everyone remembered, <laughs> but but I will say, like, I was the, f- I believe I was the first Asian pepper in North America. Okay. And so after that, they cast a lot of oh, a- peppers as so cool. Asian, which was cool. But that I f- later found out after this whole thing happened that I, that he was obsessed with that character and he oh. would always like go to the Mamma Mia companies. And like, so every like Asian wow. pepper that oh I know, God. like late years later, like that I worked with on Broadway in other shows and oh. stuff, they'd be, I'd be like, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, oh yeah, he tried oh to get, my yeah. So it's like very specific fetish wow. and I don't know, the show's <laughs> not that big anymore. So I don't know what he's fetishes, oh fetishizing God. anymore. That's- Wow. Okay. So what so happened? Anyways, so anyways, so you told him no. I told him no, and he was like, "That's okay. You're not as hot as I thought you were," kind uh, of thing. You know what I mean? Like, you. yeah, he was trying to, yeah. And so, but I was like, you know what? You're still a millionaire. Do you want to still go to London and Paris? So it was totally me. I enabled him, and no, I you gave didn't. him. I've already lied about being a millionaire. You said you really think so? I don't think. Do you think millionaires know. tell you they're millionaires? I, I mean, think if he, he had money, very, he would yeah. just have money, and he might like have bought you gifts to let you know that he had money, but like. Yeah, you it's say possible. I have a million dollars. I've never really thought about it, but now that we're talking about it, yeah, it might have been a lie. <laughs> I don't know where he got the money from, but like <laughs> he probably had <laughs> some money. I'm yeah. sure he had money, but not yeah, maybe family money. dollars. Yeah, because I mean, like, I you know, I I could save up and afford a vacation to Europe. Right. I could save up a lot and afford a nicer vac- like a you know a nicer hotel in Europe, even if I really wanted to. Right. And I could tell someone I had a lot of money, even though it was all my money or something. You know? Are we giving people ideas now? No, no, no. <laughs> like how to troll, <laughs> how to troll um, their no, dates? No, I mean, who knows? He could be a millionaire. That's not that no, important. But, but it, what is important is that he's someone who was deceptive. Yeah. Yeah. Deceptive. It's weird because like I, I do, it's kind of like the two sides of the coin where I'm like, did I do anything? Like, and in a way, like I was romanticizing it. So I, I mm-hmm. fully cop to that. Like I, you I were totally 19 did that. And he I was 19. I was young. was 40 and yeah. fully aware that 19 year olds 
are easier to manipulate. Yeah. So I don't think you have to feel any guilt or shame about that because he's preying on young minds who want to have this like idealistic love. Right. I, I think agree. he fully is aware <laughs> that that's... I like that. Yes. I mean... Yes, I feel okay It's now. hard to... Yeah, it's hard because I even... I look back on, you know, my younger years and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done this or I led this guy on. And, and then I'm like, no, I was fucking a teenager. Not fucking a teenager. Oh. I was a teenager. <laughs> that, that's Sorry. the part you're going to cut out. I, was, <laughs> I just realized it sounded... I was a teenager and right. like these older men who, you know, were like, oh, yeah, come with me. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, am I leading them on? Because I don't want to fuck them, but I want to hang out. Like, no, because I'm pretty sure they all know what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, so, so you said, I want to go on the vacation and he said, okay. Yeah. Cause we'd already planned it. I think at that point yeah. I, uh, we had bought tickets. I can't remember who bought the tickets, but we were sitting yeah. together on the plane and like, Oh, so you did the buy the tickets before you even met him. So it wasn't like, I need to meet you before we do this. You were like, let's meet. And then like, we'll just go on the vacation. You know what? I ca- I honestly don't remember the timeline, but I remember we were really far ahead okay. in like the planning, gotcha. and so enough that I was like, mm. "Let's just keep going because like as long as you're okay, knowing yeah. that I'm not attracted to you and that nothing is going to happen between us, okay, then it'll be fine." And also, it would be nice to have like a traveling partner. Sure. I'd never been to London and Paris, and like, you know, um, you're a millionaire, so pay for everything. Um, Did he give you any creep vibes at that time? No, it was kind of like he was like, he was like, okay, well, uh-huh. I want to go. Let's just go. And like, okay. I don't find you attractive anyways. He was kind of like playing that game after, you know, like, Which is he funny was because he said he saw you yes. in a show and yep. at a bar and then said, you're not as hot as I, but then he's yeah. so like already there's like a weird lie there. Yeah. But because you're feeling guilty, you probably were like, I'll t- you're not going to see that as a lie. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, well that makes me feel better. Cause he said something mean about me. So now I don't feel bad about saying something mean about him. Yeah. And so we're like on the same page. We're just yeah. going to go to London first. Like we're going to be friends. Sense of safety. He lured you into. Yes. Predator. Anyways. Totally. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. Predator is a good word. Um, cut more on that later in the story. Okay. Um, so I go to London and Paris. <laughs> I go to London. Go to well, he flies to Toronto again. This is a few oh, weeks okay. later. He flies to Toronto so that we can go to London together. So we oh, okay. sit together on the plane. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first moment that it went wrong because okay. he right away started to like, we're in the seats and the flight attendant is gay, uh-huh. a gay man. And he's like fawning over us. Like we're a couple. Uh-huh. And this guy is like on me. Like he's like, Ugh you know, touching me and like feeling sure. like w- we're in a relationship and being like, you know, flirting and like poking me, uh-huh. poking me with his finger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was like, we're on a plane, we're in public uh-huh. and it's weird. And I'm like, you know, like I'm against the window and he's like coming in closer oh, no. and I'm 19 and he's like, oh. you know, 40 and it's like, so it's a bad plane ride and we're tired. Yeah. We get to London And like right away, it's like going bad because he's like flirting with me. And I know that's so silly to say. I should have known. But like, no, it's not at all because you did the normal human thing, which is say what you mean and communicate your needs. And what he did is ignored them, ignored your boundaries and then um, banked on you being polite and just kind of like letting him push the edge more and more. And then he probably made you feel crazy for even wanting to respect the no. Right. Then you're like, Oh, maybe I didn't say it strong enough. But like what you did was you said you did the right thing. And he, uh, that's like gaslighting basically. Yeah. Yeah. Where he like kind of ignores what you said and makes him 
acts like he's being the normal one. So you feel like the crazy one. Or he like believed that like over time we would fall in love. So he maybe romanticized it too, where mm-hmm. he was like, oh, this trip is, he's going to fall in love with me as long as like we get on the plane together. As long as we get there, mm-hmm. we're in the most romantic cities in the world. And like, as long as I block this door yeah. and don't let you leave <laughs> and just act like we're dating. Me. That's how you, yeah, that's how yeah. you fall in love. Just don't let the person you like leave your sight. Um, okay. You should write a book, <laughs> a how to book with Harvey oh, Weinstein. God, uh, you know what? I'm sure Louis C.K. is working on it already. Um, <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, dear. Anyways. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. So we, plane. we get, we're on the plane. We get there. You know, we're tired. Like mm-hmm. right away. I'm like in this dark place. Oh, I will mention also before, like a few days before I got on the plane and I'm not a superstitious person and I okay. am Chinese, but I wasn't raised <laughs> like that way. Sure. But I woke up at 444 <gasps> in the morning oh my God. with this dread of oh my death. God. And I was like. I am going to die on this trip. So I already had that premonition. Wow. And then so on the plane and then I get there and it's already going bad. I'm starting to feel it because I'm like, this was a bad idea. And for people who don't know Chinese culture, four is a very unlucky number. It sounds like death. Yeah. So that so four 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 is like it'd be like six 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 in Western culture. Yeah, it's like death. You're gonna die. Wow. You're gonna die. Oh my god. So we're like, I'm also in a haze because you know it's like a long flight to, um. Where am I going? <laughs> to London. To London. London. I'm like LA. Wait, no, I'm in LA. Um, in London, and like we start to go see shows. Like that was what I really wanted to do. Uh-huh. We saw shows, but again, he's like pressing himself up against uh-huh. me, trying to hold my hand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then like we get into this the hotel. Like he booked the hotels, and the hotels uh-huh. like it's really uncomfortable. At least we had two beds. Like okay. it wasn't like a you know a queen or a king. Uh-huh. But. It was hot. It's like really uncomfortable. I'm getting grumpy. I'm not sleeping. Uh I'm tired. And it kind of goes on for like three days. We're like, we're just, we're teetering on this weird thing. He's like trying to touch me. I'm like pushing him away. Then we're going to musicals and we're, I'm tired. And like, Uh there were some moments where I was like, why don't you go to this museum and I'll go to the Starbucks and like, we'll just (sighs) separate for a few hours because I really need like a moment away. Cause I'm also like a very, like I live by myself in general. And like, so when I'm around somebody for that long, I'm like, which was kind of like like never (laughs) having met to seeing the same person Every day. Every day, for every 24 minute. hours. Yeah, crazy. And I was like, I need a break. Um, yeah, I'm not used to being around people like that. And London's a very busy place, too. So I had nowhere mm-hmm. to hide. I couldn't hide in the hotel. It's too hot. It's, like, uncomfortable. So it's building. This tension's building. And then uh-huh. it gets to, like, the fourth day. And I don't remember what triggered it. But I just remember walking down the Strand, which is like a main street in London, and just yelling at him. And I was like, I don't like you. I told you I don't like you. And he's like crying. Oh, my God. He's like a grown 40-year-old. Not that that's bad. Like, 40-year-olds can cry, obviously. But like, he's crying on the street. And I'm like, walk. I'm the bad guy going like, I told you I don't like you. And he's sobbing. And the next day we were supposed to go to Paris on the train. So we get back into the hotel and I'm like, 
listen, this is just clearly not going well. There's a lot of tension here. You're crying now. Uh-huh. He's like, I just remember like we're in this small, hot hotel room and he's just in his underwear oh on God. his bed crying. <laughs> and I'm like on the other side, like I just I've known this guy for four days. Oh I mean, we've God. emailed, but yeah. like physically been together for four days only. Plus the one day in Toronto that he came to meet me. <laughs> like I barely know this guy. How is he so emotionally invested right. in me? Yeah. And so I finally was just like, you know, I think I can pay for my portion. I think you should go home and I'll go get on the train tomorrow morning to Paris and just go to Paris. It was like a two day trip. And then I was just going to come back and fly out. And I'm like, you know what? I've never been here. This is kind of ruining it. And is that's what I want to do. And he's just like sobbing. He's like, okay, okay, Uh that's what you if that's what you want. And he just continues to sob. So I just turn off the light oh my God. <laughs> and I just get into bed. And that night is like the night that I thought he was going to murder me. Cause oh, we're like scary. in two beds. Yeah. We're in two beds and he's like, just had this emotional breakdown and you can still hear him sniffling yeah. in the other bed. And I'm just like, like I'm at attention in yeah. my bed. Like I'm just lying there, like listening for him to come closer with the pillow to like smother oh me God, or something. I, did not sleep that night at all. And also because of the 444 waking up, like well, I'd already had that feeling. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm in this, I'm in a foreign country. Like mm-hmm. my family knows that I'm here, but like it would take a long time for them to figure out what uh-huh. happened to oh me. Oh my God. Um, so the next morning I had to wake up really early to go to get the train. And he just kind of, he didn't sleep that night too, I don't think. And then he came up to me. And he was like, I get it. Oh, no. I get it. We're not, you're not into me. This is never going to happen. So let's just go to Paris. We have the tickets. The hotel is booked. Let's just go and enjoy the rest of the vacation. And I was like, I mean, sure. Man, I feel like if we could uh, play a drinking game with all the red flags, uh, so and many I red flags. Finish a bottle of vodka by now. <laughs> That's why I told you I don't tell the story because no. I'm like, oh god. No, it's actually I've... really good you're telling it because I think this is actually behavior that we normalize. Right. But even you saying it now, you're like, looking back on the 19 year old, I'm sure you're like, oh my god, I did that and I thought I was wrong, but I was. You were totally justified in setting boundaries, mm-hmm. and he made you feel weird. But th- that thing you just said. That's another boundary he crossed. You said, I want to go alone. He said, okay. And then the next day, it's almost like you didn't say that at all because he just changed his mind. And then you feel crazy for asking for it. You're like, maybe I asked for too much. Right. But you didn't. You asked for a perfectly normal thing. I just wanted a vacation. (laughs) Yeah. So him deciding to come with you, he's like negotiating that boundary. Right, right, right. And yeah, and I just said yes because like, I don't even know because Mm-hmm. It was complicated. Like, I would have had to find my own hotels. He had booked all the hotels. Like, the trip was, like, his trip. Yeah. So, and I, like I said, I had money, but, and I'm not that frugal, but, like, it would have cost me a lot last minute to book hotels and, like. Yeah. And so, I just went. And I will say, this is kind of the beginning of the end of, the, or basically the end of the story, because, like, it was fine. He really did realize that like nothing was ever going to happen. We uh-huh. were in Paris for like two days and like it was fine. And he didn't put a- his hands on me. He like, okay. we went back to London to catch the play. I think we were there for like one night or something. And he like 
he actually paid for like a nicer hotel so that we could like have air conditioning and like not die in. Well, London. I was gonna ask that. He, he said he's a millionaire, and then you're like, the hotel was small and it was it was hot. small. It was so terrible. It was not like a five star. No, because I think well, I if I remember correctly, he was like, well, I'm gonna use my points or something. I don't think he's a millionaire. Yeah, I don't Fully know. Fully do not think so. Sorry to burst that one little inkling of maybe truth that you held on to but yeah i mean <laughs> no but again it doesn't matter yeah. he could be a millionaire and still a predator so right, right, that right, doesn't right. excuse it at all but right but just another red flag yeah so many so many red flags um but, but he was nice in paris it was nice in paris then we got back to london he was nice in london and then the trip was over and I went back. So it's, it was kind of anticlimactic, but the story keeps going no, I mean, a little bit. Okay. I do want to hear more, but I was say yeah. anticlimactic. Don't think of that as a bad thing because I think there was a lot I of, I didn't die. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tension. And then when you're telling it, I'm like, well, obviously I know you're here and you're alive. Yeah. So I know that, that you didn't die, but it, you know, there's a lot of ways that that could have gone and probably have gone for other people. And I think the best version is the anticlimactic version. Yes. Yeah. So Amen. I'm very Amen. glad that, 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 you know, that you made it back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I, I got to go back to London and Paris like years uh -huh. later and I went by myself cause uh -huh. I was like, I, I want to experience that was the thing is like he, not only was it a really awkward experience he took away my yeah. first london paris trip which is like really special i think i know people think like it's like you know over sensationalized and romanticized but i wanted to love london and yeah. paris and i wanted to really experience it and i didn't get to so i went back again but then that was my second time going you know mm -hmm. what i mean but um but yeah so we got back to uh, the trip was over. I uh -huh. went back to Toronto. He went back to Iowa and I didn't cut him off, which <laughs> is weird. I kept talking to him. We would still email not as frequently because I mm -hmm. think he was probably, you know, on to other boys at that uh -huh. point. Um, but the tail end of the story is that my job at Mamma Mia eventually came to an end mm -hmm. and um, he offered me a job at his computer place oh my God. and I know nothing <laughs> about computers and it was like this high like profile job that paid well and he um, he said I said well I don't know anything about computers <laughs> and and he's like no that's fine I'll pay for your school so he was like full on what? gonna that's pay insane. for like yeah like i have no talent for like but also that not a web thing you building. wanted to do at all and not a thing i wanted to do at all really random i think it was just you know a power thing because then yeah. he would be in my life and he'd be my and boss also him ask him offering things to you puts you in a position of like accepting or turning down which makes you as a polite person feel guilty yeah so you're in either situation feeling guilty or accepting an offer you're already like feeling like indebted to this person yeah and i mean even then like the london and paris trip because he paid so much for mm -hmm. it like maybe that's why i still talk to him because i felt indebted to him mm -hmm. because he had paid for so much or maybe not or he I maybe don't know. tried to make you feel guilty i'm sure it came yeah. up in little ways I, I mean i don't know the conversations you guys had but i've been in situations with people like that who are manipulative and over time i notice those patterns like they'll bring up how they're struggling so that you feel guilty and then you'll want to pay for them. And then they'll be like, it just makes you feel uneasy. Right. But then at the same time, he's talking about how he's a millionaire. So that's supposed to be a thing that 
is like he has a lot and he can yeah. offer, so then it shouldn't be a big deal yeah because he's like oh i'm a giving person yeah. that's how it always came across or that's how he kept on he trying to that. say it that's where also he's like i'm giving I've you know that. <laughs> no i'll say I, i'm reading um a book called the gift of fear which talks about this like all those signs you've like the uneasiness you felt mm-hmm. early on that's your body recognizing that this is a predator right but we ignore them because we want to be polite people or we think that you know maybe i'm wrong even though you're usually right um, but it talks about that in there too. Like the idea that if people tell you there's something, that's usually a red flag. If right. if I say, Kevin, I'm such a nice person. All my friends seem so nice. And then you're like, oh, well, cool. All her friends say she's so nice. But like nobody nice says that. Yeah, yeah. They it's just, a weird thing to say. They show that they're nice yes, kind to of say, thing. I'm very giving. Or sometimes they give too much. Yeah. And then you're already feeling guilty for accepting. Right, right, right. Even though like I didn't have to give anything. And now you feel like, oh, Teresa's so giving. I just have to do one little thing. Anyways, it talks about that, but it seems like this guy used all those tactics, like yeah. saying, you know, he's giving or saying that he, um, like even like, um, pushing those boundaries, like, yeah, he, I mean, ugh. he's a textbook predator and here's, this is the part of the predator okay, thing so that you really you? pulled up on because like, so he offered me this job in yeah. computers. I know nothing about it. Who does know about it is my brother. Okay. I have an older brother, but he's straight. He's married. He now has kids. I don't, he didn't have kids back then. Okay. And so I say, I can't do this job, but my brother can, and he's looking for a job. (gasps) Uh Uh-huh. And so my brother takes a job with this guy. What? In Iowa? He, He didn't, he did it from Vancouver, from home. Um, but whatever he was doing, and I really don't know what the job was, sure. but my brother, but they did meet several times and they would talk every day. Okay. And my brother has like me too stories where basically like he was incredibly oh, no. inappropriate. He would talk about like sex <sighs> to my brother and my brother's like, you know, I mean, he's a straight guy. Like he, yeah. th- it was like, th- like for me, I'm, I'm gay. So like maybe there's a possibility, but my brother is like not that. Yeah. But <laughs> so. even in a, even like it, a pro- once a professional relationship starts, like ignoring the fact that you already said no right. many times, then add on to the fact that now you would be his employee. Like, yeah, all of that, like being gay doesn't af- matter at all. It's just all of that is inappropriate. Yeah. And so I sent my brother into the lair oh. and he still thinks That's not about your fault because you didn't know. I didn't know. And I really thought that I was doing my brother a favor because I, I didn't think he would be a predator towards my brother because my mm-hmm. brother isn't gay. He, but yeah, he is Asian. Oh my He's God. never played Pepper and Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> but like. He and and he's a good looking guy. He's very different than me. He's sure. like he's like a tall like <laughs> he's a tall Asian. Okay. And I'm a short gay Asian. Like he's like, you know, he could be a he could have been a model in China kind of thing. I feel like you're projecting a lot of your own insecurity. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I'm definitely you're like the Asian guy. But I know what you mean. Like you're you in your mind you felt safe, right? He mm-hmm. he laid this trap where he made you feel safe because he said, sure, whatever, it's not about you, I'll give it to your brother, which made you, maybe you had a doubt that the job was even real or that he really would have right. offered it, but the fact that he was giving it to your brother maybe made you feel like, oh, well, that's silly that I even thought he was trying to trap me because he has nothing to gain from my brother. And yeah. so then you, again, you feel safe. He's a nice guy, yeah. he gave my brother a job, my brother needs a job, it's yeah. not about me. You start questioning your own instincts. Yeah. Which is purposeful this guy was doing it on purpose which is why i think predators the right way to put it yeah he's no longer in our lives my brother did eventually quit and he's like now works for the government in canada so it's like different his career is 
very different. How long did he work for him? I think at least two years. Oh, my God. So it was pretty substantial. Oh, God, I'm sorry. And I knew this guy, like, for, like, two years myself before I even introduced him to my brother. So this guy was in our lives for, like, four to five years. Um, Yeah, and so, like, that is kind of... it's, It's kind of, like, an embarrassing story just because I felt like duped and but it's one of those things where I also went like if on the surface it looks bad too because I I seem to enable and I know I know you're Mm -hmm. like saying that I'm not (laughs) but in my mind I like I enabled the like sugar daddy Uh idea sure you there were yeah no and I was uh, you think you should feel those feelings because I think it's yeah it's complex but I think um yeah I don't I I don't think you should feel guilty at all but i do think he probably wanted you to feel that and all those things you felt he probably banked on you feeling them yeah and i did (laughs) (laughs) and now i'm now i will say like i'm very closed off and that's kind of like Mm -hmm. when i get emails like that i don't i'm not saying i get emails like that (laughs) all the time like i have millions of fans like but i do (laughs) occasionally get like you know dms from like some yeah. gay guy who saw the show or like saw you're my, like a little wary I'm like really you feel wary. like he's kind of like taken away a little bit of the light that you had yeah the innocence not innocence but that like hopeful optimism right yeah that that i could f- fall in love online i'm so sorry that you went through that i mean i know like uh you're very like yeah. you know resilient person so i i i, I don't I I just really relate to this because I'm kind of like going through things different, but like I've been doing a lot of reading about it. And one of the things that I really took to heart reading about the healing process is like this idea of thinking they took something away. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you do feel that. You feel like, oh, I can't trust anyone and it's their fault. But the truth is they bank on that. They bank on you being a positive person and all those things are what makes you cool. And there is someone out there. It can exist. Obviously, you should be wary, and I think in in uh, you know it serves as a warning to be like, okay, I'll look for red flags earlier. But also, sometimes people do mean what they say, um, but you just have to look for those red flags because they were there. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think that's the hard part is being able to be like, okay, once I like heal, um, I don't have to be like a closed off person if I don't want to. Like, it, I don't have to give him that the the right. the the um like the satisfaction that he took that away. Right. Well, and I think now we know to be weary of the internet too. Sure, just sure, in general. In general yeah. Like you, like I can, I can tell when it's a Russian bot <laughs> now. But for years, I, yeah. you know, didn't even realize that that yeah, was, was a thing. Giving my credit card number to everybody yeah, who exactly. wanted to show me their pussy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so it's made me a different. It definitely like I learned lessons, and it was one of those things that I, I, I kind of equate to like being young. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot smarter now. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I would hope. Well, do you? you um, yeah, I guess on the flip side, have you been in a situation at, uh, since then where you've noticed a red flag earlier and like backed out of it? Well, yeah, I mean that's mostly like when I get emails, okay, and like DMs where, well, I don't even like, I don't even connect to them anymore. Like sure. I used to, and like because of the boy band, I would be like, yes, my yeah. day was great, and I, I love this and this, and you know, and now I'm just like. Thank you for coming to the show. I make it about the show or uh-huh. I make it about the business. Like, thank you for supporting comedy or thank you oh, for okay. supporting my Hulu special. But like, I don't say like, I had a great day. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't engage in that way. And 
I think that's okay. I think so too. It's you're drawing your own boundaries. Yeah, and like fan, like like the discussion about fandom, where I'm like, I yeah. also don't feel I'm at a different place in my life and career when like when I was younger, the uh-huh. allure of being famous and like was was more of my, what I wanted. Yeah, but now it's more. I've realized it's like doing good work, obviously. Yeah, and and like and if people are fans of that, then they should be fans of it and mm-hmm. not want a piece of me and I know we're so exposed with like social media now but and and I do put my life on Instagram and like Twitter more than I probably should but I I think like I don't owe somebody anything because they came to my show and liked it that's very well said the piece of me like they don't you don't owe them a piece of you you can choose what you put out there through your work through your art through your Instagram selfies and you know what even if you want to put a little thirst trap like you can that's your right <laughs> like you know what I mean but if you yeah. do that that doesn't mean someone liking it deserves three more p- private pics you know what I mean but right. like people do that kind of thing where they like feel like well you put this out there why can't I have this yeah and um, no you can't sorry it's, yeah it's I'm a- the cure I'm <laughs> the artistic director of my own life and you don't get to yeah. choose like ask for it's like you know whatever george r martin finishing his books he's gonna finish it on his own time no matter how loud and it's gonna be different than it. the <laughs> last season of the yeah. game of thrones oh yeah. man well i'm sorry you went through that but i it sounds like it was a, a learning experience so definitely um i hopefully people hearing that can uh, learn from it too yeah i didn't even th- yeah i didn't even think about that but as you were saying that i was like yeah that is i feel like i learned a lesson and people can learn from that from my stupidity (laughs) it's not stupidity because i think to be totally honest if everyone was like not a predator it'd be nice to live in a world where we could all just be trusting there are predators out there so it's it's good to be wary but i think it's the key is finding those because you've you've did see those red flags and then you ignore them because you wanted to be polite so the the key is um listening to the red flags and it doesn't make you stupid because he took advantage Mm -hmm. that's the thing you have to remember is like with um like all those moments where he kind of overstepped his boundaries after you said no, he was taking advantage of the fact that it would like kind of make you feel like disoriented. Like Mm -hmm. when you tell someone no and then they said, okay, great. And then a moment later they just do the thing anyways. It can be off putting. Yeah. It's like if I'm like past assault and you're like, okay, this is a analogy someone else told me, but I like it. If we're eating dinner and I'm like, can you pass assault? And you're just like, okay. And then like a couple moments go by and you just don't pass it. And, And then I'm like, oh, do you mind passing the salt? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And you just don't do it. And eventually I'm just like waiting to eat my food. Everyone's finished. You just start feeling crazy. And you're like, wait, did I do something wrong? Mm. And then when you finally do, you're like, well, can I just eat my dinner instead of having to get stuff for you all the time? Like, why can't you get up and get it yourself? I'm like, I, I can. I just, you said you would get it for yeah, me. Yeah. If you had just said, get it yourself, yeah. that would have been rude, but I would have gotten myself and yeah. my food wouldn't be cold. And then you feel hysterical because then you're yeah. like, I have to explain. My, and then they seem calm. Yeah. That's like where the world's headed right now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. I mean, this <laughs> cause this conversation comes up a lot now because we've got a predator in the White House. Um, yeah, exactly. And he uses that tactic a lot. And it's driving us all crazy. <sighs> God. Yeah, we're being nice. gaslit every day. Yeah, well, we'll survive. I uh, I absolve you of any guilt or shame you still feel, although I, I, it sounds like you don't. You. But um, <laughs> you know, if you do feel guilty about like you saying that you took advantage, I don't think you should. You need to feel that way. Yeah, because I think he was the clear predator in this situation i mean it wasn't the nicest hotel so (laughs) (laughs) yeah whatever the fake millionaire yeah not even a real millionaire i'm gonna look it up now i wonder if i can google (laughs) his name and see if he's actually god i hope he hasn't hurt anybody for real but um yeah i don't um, know that answer i imagine that you weren't the only 
person he i mean you knew a no couple i know people, i'm yeah. not the only and person I'm sure there are even more so yeah. and i'm sure that tactic has at times worked with people have been like ah oh, maybe you know because they grow attached in some way mm -hmm. well okay well. um well, thank you for sharing that <laughs> of um course. i well i want to end on a game it's oh, a little okay. bit lighter mm. um are you cool with playing a quick game yes i would love to okay Cool. Well, this is a uh, this is a game based on your Broadway past because I know oh. it's funny that it came up so much and we talked about it. I didn't know if it would come up, but I know you did Broadway and you're in musicals. So it's really simple. It's just gonna be um, I'm just gonna test you on some obscure Broadway musicals. I'm gonna oh. read the plot. Uh, this is just real Broadway play or fake. I didn't come up with a name. I, that's one thing I forgot to do a title. So oh, this is so you know fun. What? I'll punch it up later. Um, no, okay, I'm just but it's w I will preface this with I know a lot about musicals between a certain period of okay, time. So you might know a lot so of I these. So I might, depending on where you pluck them from, I might know them. But if it's like before, well, okay, well, let's just, okay. let's just go. <laughs> I can't, ca I wish I could come up with it. Okay, you know what? This is Broadway, Broadway music real or fake. That's the best I could do in this limited time. You know what? Think about it and then you can <laughs> cut it in later, edit in later. It's fine. I'm going to dub it in. So basically I'm going to read the plot, uh, like kind of a log line and then just guess if it's real or fake. I'm not going to give you the title because I think that'll be too obvious. Okay. Well, if it's real or not. Um, okay, here's the first one. An aristocrat with a secret. He's actually a vampire. He must escape a vampire hunter while dancing his way through love, loss, and parties. Is this real or fake? Oh, there's a lot of vampire musicals. So I'm going to say yes. It's real. You're correct. This is Dance Dances of with the Vampires. vampires. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was a movie, but it was made into a musical, a book by Michael Kunze, Jim Steinman, David Ives with music by Jim Steinman, who wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, which Ooh. is featured in this musical. That's too random. But it was like panned. It yeah, wasn't, I yeah. think it didn't last it did very long well. for sure. But good job. Okay. Thank you. I think you're going to do well in this game. <laughs> All right, next one. Three seniors in hell have a secret. They're planning to sneak into the ultimate senior night party in heaven after graduations. What follows is a campy night of first friendships and fast growing up. Is this real or fake? I'm going to say that's fake because I don't know any senior musicals. <laughs> <laughs> seniors are not seen on Broadway. <gasps> You're right. It's fake. Okay. It fake. <laughs> seniors like, in high school is what I was going for. Um, oh, but yes. oh, I, oh, I see. But, uh, <laughs> but like old. You're like, still correct. Okay, it's okay, fake. okay, okay. Maybe that's not, is that not a Canada thing? Like freshman, sophomore, junior, senior? Oh, I guess so. Yeah, no, no, it <laughs> is. Like I just 12th grade or I just write. I'm at the age where I think senior, senior like closer to old, that end yeah. of life. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> OK, so you're two for two. Mm -hmm. Next one. The musical adaptation of a real life evangelical leader who caused controversy in Hollywood by founding a megachurch written by a real life talk show host. Uh, that is true, and I saw that musical. It's oh, written did? by Kathy Lee Gifford. Yes. What is it called? Leap of it's called Scandalous. Scandalous. And my uh, my friend was in it oh, too. Really? It yeah, closed yeah. after twenty nine shows. I'm yes. so sorry to your friend. No, I know she was fine. She's in the <sighs> original Broadway cast of Hamilton. Oh so my she's god, fine. good for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel like I made this way too easy. You really know your <laughs> no, Broadway the, stuff. No, I think you picked the generation that I know musicals yeah. from. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. this next one. In the wake of 9-11, one Canadian town has to deal with the... That's true. It's called Come From Away. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that. You did? Okay. Yeah, I played here. The oh, wow. <laughs> so this is... You really know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just like... I was like, you're from Canada. you got to know this. But yes. then it also sounded very obscure. All right. Here's your final one. You're really okay. four for four. Let's see if you can take it all the way oh, home. Oh, I hope so. A young girl finds a bouquet of flowers left behind by a stranger, and to her surprise, they turn out to be time-traveling flowers. The musical follows her adventures through time and her understanding of the world's greatest moments in history. Real or fake? 
That doesn't sound familiar, so I'm gonna say fake. Correct. Is it okay? Fake. Yeah. I was um, like, totally it could fake. be like the Secret Garden. I, guess, I don't. Know. <laughs> I guess it's like because I really went for like things that were actually on Broadway. I should have gone further back. Um, but you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna give this to you. You know your stuff. Thank I'm not you. even gonna like. I started to do the thing where I said I made it too easy, but you know what? I didn't. I made no, it. No, they were hard. I made it hard, well, and you're nobody good. knows scandalous. Yes. That was a good. really good one to find. Okay. Cool. So Twenty nine. You shows. win, and Thank you, you are the champion. Thank you for yeah. coming on this podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> where can people find you, Kevin? I'm at kevinyee.com. So you have to spell the D-O-T-C-O-M. Okay. Y-E-E D-O-T-C-O-M. That's like my Twitter and my Instagram. I thought it was cool back in the day. You, you and know, now dot com boom. It's so annoying though, but it's clearly I have a website. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but that's my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well as backslash kevinyee.com and YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Go find him. Go watch his shows. Watch his short when it comes out. Yeah. Um, you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and you can follow me at Larissa T. Goodbye. Bye.